So the other day, Jennifer and two of our kids went to the grocery store, and they put our groceries for six people up on the conveyor belt. And as the woman behind the register is scanning all of our items, she says to Jennifer, would you like to pull up your car? Now, Jennifer's thinking, they've never offered curbside service here at this grocery store before. This is awesome. And so she says to the woman behind the register, thank you so much. That's never been offered to me before here. That is great. I would love to do that. And then she proceeds to have a two-minute-long conversation with this woman. Well, this woman, as she's scanning the rest of the groceries, she finally points to the cart and, and says, your cart. And at that point, Jennifer replays the conversation in her mind, and she realizes she did not say, would you like to pull up your car? She said, would you like to pull up your cart? And so as Jennifer is telling us this story later with much embarrassment, our whole family is laughing so hard because there's just a miscommunication and a misunderstanding. And sometimes it can be difficult to communicate with other people, even simple things. And how much more difficult is it to communicate about hard things, hard conversations in a culture that's so divided? I mean, we're in a culture now where it's just really difficult to talk about certain topics because you never know what kind of response you're going to get. You never know if it's going to be well-received or if it's going to start a battle. And so today we're going to talk about how to have powerful conversations how to have consequential conversations because the answer is not to avoid hard conversations, but to learn how to do it well. So as I've titled today's message, How to Talk About Jesus. We're gonna learn how to talk about Jesus and I wanna equip you in that and tell you how to do it well and avoid those awkward moments, how to present the gospel clearly. So that's, that's where we're headed. And we're gonna be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if you wanna follow along with us today, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, How to Talk About Jesus. All right, let's begin in verse 3 as it says this. For, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. He says, for, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. He says, this is the most important thing. You know, we talk about a lot of things and conversations with people that we care about. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of conversations that we have. There's, there's all kinds of things that are important to us that we're passionate about. We, we have a lot of different conversations. But he says, of first importance is to talk about Jesus. This Jesus that lived and was crucified and resurrected. He says, this is of first importance. What we received, what we learned, we pass this on to you as of first importance. And, and it brings up a, a really good question. Do, do the people that I care about the most, do the people that I love, do the people that I work next to and live by, the people that I go to school with, the people that I'm around, do they hear me talking about the thing that's most important to me? You know, if, you, if you're taking notes today, I, as we get into this conversation, I'd love to have you write this down. People close to you should know what matters most to you. Right? right? People that are close to you, they should know what matters most to you. We should talk about these sorts of things. And, and of all the things that are important to us, this thing should be the most important of all, our relationship with Jesus. Right? And he says here in Corinthians, I've passed this on to you because it's of first importance. It has the most eternal significance of all the things I could talk about. There's a lot of things that just won't last. There's a lot of things that just won't matter a year from now. There's a lot of things that will not matter in eternity, but this will matter. Conversations about Jesus. 
You know, a lot of times the reason why we don't have these conversations is because we're in too much of a hurry. And we, don't, we don't take the time to invest in others around us. And, and there's no greater investment we can make than the investment of talking about Jesus with our kids, with our good friends, our family. That's so important. But sometimes we're just in a hurry. And I've gone on a jog a lot of times or bike ride around my neighborhood. But the other day I took a long extended prayer walk on a Saturday morning. And I was, I was walking around and just kind of taking my time. I wasn't in a hurry. I was just praying about all sorts of things. And, and, and I, I bumped into two different neighbors, two different people. And, and, and we just got into a, a conversation because I, I wasn't in a hurry. And we just started talking. And, and, and those conversations they both lasted a while. Uh, one of them was telling me about his business and all the things he had going on. Another one was telling me about a, a loss in the family. And I was telling him I'd pray for him and all these sorts of things. But in both opportunities, I, I, had a, I had the chance to share with him about Jesus and invite them to church. And I was thinking, you know what, that never would have happened had I been on a jog, had I been on my bike. I just wouldn't have been able to stop and slow down and have the conversation. But because I wasn't in a hurry, I was able to get into a deeper conversation about something that actually mattered and, and share Jesus with him. And sometimes you and I, we are running so fast through life. We are running so fast from conversation to conversation, from project to appointment to task to inbox. I mean, we're so on the go, we never have time to slow down and to talk about what really does matter most to us. And here he's saying to Corinthians that the thing that matters most, the thing that's of first importance, the thing we should carve out time in our schedules for, to set up an appointment for, to be intentional about, is to talk about Jesus. It, it really matters. These spiritual conversations can change someone's life, and so they matter first. Well, later in, in Corinthians, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, now in verse 20, he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It says, hey, as followers of Jesus, we are representatives of, ambassadors of Jesus. We represent him. I mean, you know what it means to be a, a brand representative, right? To rep a brand, you, you know what that means, right? I mean, whatever it is that you're rep a representative of, you, you talk about it all the time. You go hard and you go long on that topic because you're a representative of that company, of that culture, of that thing, whatever it is. And just to help illustrate this, I've asked three friends to come on up here with me and to help me illustrate what it looks like to be passionate about representing something. So I have three good friends here. I'm church experience. I have Trey and Julie and Jim. And guys, thank you so much for helping out. Hey, can we give it up for them? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, give it up. So, hey, guys, thank you uh, for being a part of this. Um, Trey, I'm going to have you go first. And I want all three of you guys to tell me something that you are currently, in your, in your own personal life, passionate about right now. Something you're just all about. And, and get us excited. Like, try to talk everybody here into being into what you're into. All right? You ready for this? All right, let's do it. So, guys, right now, I'm currently passionate about the NBA. And especially right now, because it's the finals. This is the most intense time of basketball. Man, I love it. You, you make me want to go watch a finals game with you right now. I, I love it, man. That's awesome. Okay, so he's fired up about the NBA. Julie, what are you excited about right now? Okay, so right now I've been super excited about going to Disney like every weekend. My husband and I just got passes, and I just love eating food. So going to each area in Disney or Magic Kingdom or Epcot and getting any kind of food, that's what I'm super passionate about right now. Let's go. That sounds awesome. Okay, what's your favorite Disney park? Magic Kingdom. Okay, yeah, come on. All kinds of goodness over there. She got us excited. You're already tasting that those Mickey ear ice cream in your mouth right now. I got it. Okay, Jim, 
what are you most excited about right now? Well, that stuff sounds cool, and, and that all sounds fun, but I love, 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 love paddleboarding. I moved down from, from Maryland a couple years ago, and paddleboarding down here is like no other place. You've got to go. I'll teach you. It takes 15 minutes. It changes your life. It's so much fun. I just love it. Jim, you got me excited. I want you to teach me how to paddleboard. That sounds like a blast. Come on. Hey, can we thank these guys so much? Come on, let's give it up for them. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. Man, they, they illustrated it so well, right? I mean, they are excited. They are passionate about these things. And, and some of you, you got excited about this. Some of you are making plans for your next theme park trip right now. Some of you are on Amazon scrolling. Hey, put your phone down. Like, pay attention because you're trying to buy a paddleboard right now during the message. It's like, I mean, I, I get it. I'm excited about all these things with them. And they got me excited because of their passion. And, and, you know, sometimes we complicate what it means to talk about Jesus when really all it is is sharing something we are passionate about. And, 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 I, and I loved how they said it. It's like, hey, this is something I'm into. And, and you should be too. And, and did you hear that last one? Jim's like, hey, I'll, I'll teach you. I'll teach you. It's really what it looks like to talk about Jesus when you break it down to its most simple form. It's saying, hey, this is something I'm excited about. Jesus has changed my life. Let me tell you what the Lord has done in my life. And, and when you share that passion and that natural enthusiasm, what God has done in you, you can't help but get excited when you hear someone talking like that. Right? And when we talk about Jesus, this, this thing that should be of first importance to us, when we start repping Jesus, right, we're representatives of Jesus in the culture. And we start repping him everywhere we go and talking about him. It makes a difference in people's lives. But sometimes we hide it in the corners. We, we kind of shove it back into the, the far recesses of our mind, and it never comes up in conversation. And people hear all kinds of other things that we're excited about. They hear about what we're going to do on the weekend. They hear about this recent thing we did with our family. They, they hear about all the activities and fun things we do. But if they never hear about the Lord, we're missing the thing that is of most importance to us. So let me say that statement again that I said a moment ago. People close to us should know what matters most to us. You know, there's eternal consequences of sharing our faith, and it's one of our motivations for sharing because it can make a difference not only in someone's life here and now but for all of eternity. Because make no mistake about it, every person is going to live an eternal life. Right? Everybody's going to live an eternal life. It's just a matter of whether you live it eternally in heaven or eternally in hell. And for those who reject Jesus, he will not force them to come to heaven. They will miss out on paradise for all of eternity. But you and I get an opportunity to present the question, to present the opportunity to say, Jesus loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And if you will confess your sin and turn from them your sins and receive Jesus into your life, he'll forgive you of, of all of your sins. A friend of, of mine, Pastor Sean Sears, pastors a great church up in Boston, uh, I get to see him once a year. I love this guy. He always puts a smile on my face. And, and, and Sean says, he goes, the church's mission is to help your friends and family find and follow Jesus. The church is not for Christians. The church is Christians. And, and I love that. He's saying that the purpose of the church is to share with the people who are outside the church this message that we have. And, and we somehow mistakenly think that the church is, is for Christians. But no, the, the church is Christians. We are the church. You and I are the church. And we are here to serve the Lord by sharing the message with other people. We're here for others. And so here's another uh, lesson if you'd like to write this down. My assignment, what's my assignment in life? My assignment is to talk to Jesus about people and then talk to people about Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. That's your mission. Some of you are like, I don't know what my purpose is in life. There you go. Now you know your purpose. Our purpose is to talk to Jesus about spiritually lost people. 
to pray for them. Talk to the Lord about them and then go have those conversations. Tell them what we are excited about. What has God done in your life? Come on, think about it. How has he changed you? What has he forgiven you of? What hope do you have for eternity, for this life because of Jesus? That's what you should be talking to your friends about. Just talk to Jesus about people, then talk to people about Jesus. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. How, how do we talk to people about Jesus? Man, we, we, make it, we make it real simple and tell them what we're excited about. So how do we make this a lifestyle? How do we actually get this done, and how do we, how do we actually build up the courage to have these sorts of conversations on a regular basis? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, if you will, turn over with me in the New Testament to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, there's, there's a really good passage here that, that gets into the specifics of some of the elements that really matter when it comes to sharing our faith. Colossians chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. He says, even though I'm in chains, pray that I can declare the message of Jesus clearly and fearlessly. Now, I want to make Jesus known. That's why I'm here. First of all, to know God, but then also to make him known. That's why I'm here. That's why I exist, to make Jesus known. And he says, pray for me. You know, you don't ask someone to pray for you about something unless it really matters to you. And sometimes we'll ask each other, you know, pray, pray for me or pray for someone in my family over a health situation. You might say, pray for me over a financial crisis, a job opportunity. You know, when we ask someone to pray about something, it's something that really matters to us. And here he says, pray that I can declare the message fearlessly as I should. Pray that I can proclaim it boldly. Because it matters. It, it matters to him. You know, when, when you step into a courageous conversation and start talking about Jesus, it's, it's not always easy because, again, where we started, we don't know if it's going to get awkward. We don't know if it's going to be resisted. But what we know is that the Holy Spirit inside of us as Christians, as believers, the Holy Spirit will help guide our conversation. We, we know that he will empower us, that God is with us. We are not alone in that conversation, even though you might feel alone because you're the only one in that family that believes in Jesus. And you're having a conversation with, with your aunt and uncle, or you're having a conversation with your grandparents or your kids, and, 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 and trying to share what matters to you most, it, it, can, it can have a lot of tension to it. But what we know is that when we pray that, that, that God empowers us and he equips us and we don't go into that conversation alone, you can have that conversation knowing that God is there with you. He's gonna help you. You know, we, we do wanna pray for things like our health and we want people to prosper and we wanna pray for their wellness and for the hardships that they can endure through the hardships. But if we're not praying about people who are spiritually lost, then we're missing it. Because scripture tells us that this is the most important part of our mission, to go and make disciples of all nations, right? teaching them to follow Jesus, baptizing them. This is, this is our message, and if we're not praying about it, then we're, we're missing a great opportunity, and our priorities are probably off. So let me ask you in the last 30 days, how often and how passionately have you personally prayed for people that don't know Jesus? I know this could be convicting, and I'm not doing it to, to have you feel condemned, but so that you will be convicted and changed. Because if you're not praying for people who are far from Jesus, there's a really good chance that your heart is not all in, right? Not all in for the mission. 
It's very possible that as a Christian, you're, ask, you're using your faith just to have God bless you and provide for you, and it's all about you, and you have this kind of lower level maturity in your, in your Christian faith where it's still about you. It's like, hey, God, could you just do things for me? Can you make it about me? Can you bless me? Can you heal me? Can you take care of me? All of those things are important, and that's where we all start. But there's a level of spiritual maturity that we rise to when we realize it's not really about me. It's not about my comfort. It's not about God doing all these wonderful things for me. It's about, hey, God, look what you have done for me. You've given me Jesus. You've saved me from hell. You've saved me from my sins. You've forgiven me, filled my life with joy and hope and peace and blessing. And because of all that you've done for me, God, I want to please you. And I know what pleases you. God is sharing this good news with other people. Your lost kids. What would matter more to a parent than going after their lost child? And our Father in heaven has thousands of, of his lost children all around us. And he's saying, hey, go after my lost kids because heaven celebrates when even one life is changed. One life is changed. And so God has, has called us and asked us to, to, to not only reach out, but, but to care about these things so much that we're praying about them. And here he says, pray that I can have an opportunity to share my faith. And what, what am I trying to say? Here, here it is, write it down. We, we pray about what we care about. Is that not true? We pray about what we care about. So, so if these are the kinds of things I should care more about, the, the condition of our world and, and the spiritually lost friends and family in my life, I should be diligently praying for them on a regular basis. So, so if you're not doing that, what would it take to start? Maybe open up a note on your phone right now and just tap in the names of two or three people that you know that don't know Jesus. It's as simple as that. Just tap their name in there and start praying for them. Pray for them on the regular and just say, hey, God, like, I'm just asking you to move in their life. Soften their heart. Turn them to you. Bring, bring friends into their life that, that love you, Jesus, and love them enough to have the conversation. And God, give me an opportunity. These are people I care about, so give me an opportunity to share what matters to me, to share my excitement about you with them. Give me an opportunity to do that. Give me the courage to do that. And then you start looking for the opportunity. But it starts with you being intentional to pray for people who don't know Jesus in your life. So would you do that? I'm making an ask of you, would you do that? Would you just start praying for people in your life that don't know Jesus? Start, start praying for them. It begins with that because we pray about what we care about. It's interesting to me here in this, in this passage that he says that, that even though he's in prison, even though he's in chains, he, he's asking for boldness to fearlessly declare the message of Christ. And what I've realized is that sometimes when, when things get hard, you know, we, we can put our eyes downward towards the path in front of us and we just have just enough strength to get through it because there's some kind of disappointment or heartache, you know, a struggle in our life and, and, and it takes everything that we can just to get through that thing. And what happens is that we can become a victim of our situation and we can get our, our, our minds so focused just on what's not going well in our life that we forget that there's a much bigger problem beyond just what's not going how we want it to go in our life. And our expectations are important to God. He, he cares about those things. But what matters more, what's, what's first, is that there's people around us that not only is their life miserable, and maybe your life is miserable right now, but their eternity is going to be miserable because they're going to miss out on heaven. As things stand right now, they're going to miss out on an eternity with Jesus. And what could matter more than you and I sharing our faith? And Paul is going through a hardship. He's in prison, yet he still cares about people who are far from God. The next time you're going through hardship, 
It's an opportunity for you to grow spiritual muscle. And instead of getting your eyes just on your situation and how bad it is for you and what's not going right for you and what's not how you want it to be, but instead to look your eyes up to heaven and say, God, I'm gonna trust you with this problem in my life, but I'm gonna keep my hand to the plow and I'm gonna keep serving you. I'm gonna keep praying for those who are lost. I'm gonna keep sharing my faith even though things are not ideal in my life because I know there's a lot bigger problems in the souls of those who are headed for an eternity of misery an eternity of suffering without you, Jesus. And so Paul here, even though he's going through a crisis, he says, hey, Lord, I want to be praying for these people who are far from you. I want to share boldly this message. Sometimes the hard things in our life come from sharing, right? It can be difficult. It can be difficult in this culture. You might lose your reputation. You might lose a friendship. It could happen. I'll never forget the time I was 18, 19 years old, and, and I was just learning how to share my faith. And a friend and I, we, we were going door to door, and we were just knocking on, on doors, just, just sharing our faith and get some experience and telling people the good news. And I, we literally had a guy answer the door, and we, we told him why we were there. And, and he literally took his, his big, heavy wooden door, and he slammed it right in our face. And I'll just never forget the echo of that sound. It's like it was jolting for me as a young man. That Not only did he say, no, thank you, which some people did, but, but, but he was so against this message that we had of Jesus that he slammed the door in our face and it just rattled at the hinges. And we left with our head down like, wow, you know, that, that sense of rejection, it stings, it's, it's heavy. But, but I thank God by his grace that it didn't discourage my friend and I. We both went on to become pastors and, 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 and both of us have seen hundreds of people give their lives to Jesus. People we've had opportunity to share our faith with that have crossed from death to life. Their eternity has been altered. Their, their lives have been transformed and changed. Had we given up because we had a shut door, there's a lot of people who would have never heard the good news. And, and maybe you've tried to share your faith before and you've stumbled and maybe you've had the door shut in your face. Maybe you lost a job over it or lost a friendship over it. It can be difficult to walk back into a situation when you feel unwanted, to walk back into a, a room where you don't feel welcome. But the message is so important that it, it exceeds the importance of our comfort. Surely God cares about us being comfortable to some extent, but our comfort is nothing compared to the calling that God has on our life, the calling to be on mission with him, and the importance of the eternity of those around us that don't yet know Jesus. And so he calls us to walk across that room, to walk into people's life and have that conversation with them even when it's uncomfortable, even when sometimes we are rejected or turned away and people don't wanna talk about it. We have those conversations. We have those conversations because it matters. And he says, pray that I can proclaim it clearly. How do you talk about Jesus? Let's get real practical. He says, pray that I can proclaim the message clearly. You know, when, when things are not clear, they can really confuse us. They, they, they really can. And a lot of people don't share their faith because they are concerned. A fear that we have is that that person might ask a question that I can't answer, right? I don't have the knowledge. I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know all the right verses to share. I don't know the right things to say. So I want to talk to you in a moment about what we actually can say. But let me say this. Clarity, when he's praying that God will help him proclaim the message clearly, it's, it's really important that, that we get clear. 
Because things in our life that are not clear, man, they're just so confusing. And, and I just want to give you an example of that. I, I, you know, maybe you've seen a confusing road sign before. I, I've seen some confusing road signs, and I, I found these online. This is kind of fun. So this first one, uh, it says, do not enter. And it gives us all these specific times not to enter, and it kind of leaves you asking, is there any time I actually can enter, <laughs> right? And, and this was kind of good. It's like, unless otherwise posted, please drive safely. So does that mean that there's a time where we shouldn't drive safely? <laughs> it's a little confusing. This one's good. Entrance only. Do not enter. <laughs> so, so is it an entrance or is it not an entrance? What do we do? I like this one. It's good. It's like two different signs posted on the same pole. No pets allowed. And then in a different color, apparently posted at a different time, it says all pets must be on a leash. It's like they gave up on the first sign. That didn't work. People still brought their pets. So it's like, all right, just, just keep them on a leash. <laughs> this one's all confusing. This is the back door. The front door is around the back. <laughs> they have no idea. Like, we are so confused. This is pretty funny to me. Please no smoking alcohol on the beach, right? They don't want you to smoke. They don't want you to drink alcohol. But I don't know what this means about no smoking alcohol. I've never seen that happen before. I like this one. Bottomless pit, 65 feet deep. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's not a bottomless pit. Let's get real. And these are kind of fun to laugh about. But when, when you see it, a sign that's not clear, it's confusing. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what I should be doing right now. When you get directions that are not clear, you're confused. I don't know what I should be doing at my job right now. I'm confused. When there's a lack of clarity, it, it raises confusion and it raises frustration and conflict. Clarity is so important. And when it comes to sharing the message of Jesus, how do we talk about Jesus? Clarity, it induces more passion in me when I, when I see the message clearly. It's easier to communicate the message when I understand it clearly. And the better it is understood and received by the person hearing it. So clarity in sharing the message is critically important. So here's a question for you. Is the gospel message clear in your mind? So what you think about it. You had to share it right now with somebody. If someone was lined up outside your door, two or three people, and they're like, just tell me the good news. I'm ready to receive it. Can you share it with them clearly, concisely? Do you know the good news? Is it clear in your mind? And some of us might have to honestly say, well, I'm not sure. I'm a little confused about that. And if that's you, I, I just would like to, to briefly share, what is the message? How, what do we talk to people about when we're talking to them about Jesus? What's the message? Acts chapter four, verse 12. God's word says, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Salvation is found in no one else. What salvation means, saving from, right? The gospel is that we needed saving. That sin had ruined this world. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Like we, we have all rebelled against our creator, right? We, we have sinned and we've done what we know is wrong. And because of our sins, we've made a mess of this place. And it wasn't just that we ruined this life. We ruined our eternal life because God's standards were so high, and when, when we did not meet them, when we sinned against God, we rebelled against him. He said the consequences is death, a physical death. You'll die physically. We all know that, but also spiritually you'll die. You'll be separated from all of eternity, from God and his, and his, and his love because of your sin. And so we had a big problem, and God loved us so much that he wanted to provide a way for us to be saved, salvation. And he provided a way. He provided Jesus, his son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, that, that's the good news. I, I heard someone say it this way. There's, there's a lot of religions in the world, and every religion says this is the way. Do these things, 
these practices, you'll get close to God, you'll become enlightened, whatever it is, but these are the things that you do. This is the way. But only Jesus says, I am the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John chapter 14. He's like, I I am the way. It's not about our work. That's what religion is. Religion is what you and I do to work to get closer to God. That's religion. Jesus did not come to establish a religion. He came to establish a relationship with God through him. And he said, it's not about your work. It's about my finished work on that Roman cross. And as he stretched his arms out and was crucified, a sinless savior, he took on the wrath of God for your sins and for mine. And as he hung there willingly, gladly dying for you because he loved you so much, he he took on your punishment. He satisfied the wrath of God for your sins if you will receive his payment. If you will receive him into your life as your Lord and Savior, humble yourself and say, Jesus, I need saving. And then it says the salvation will come in your life, but it's through a person. It's not through religion. It's not through a practice. It's through a person, and that person is Jesus. And so that's the message. That's the main thing. So keep the main thing the main thing. So how do I talk about Jesus? How do I, how do I talk about him with others? Talk about the fact that we had a big problem. We had a sin problem, and, and God provided the solution, his son, Jesus to save us. And when we receive him, we receive grace and forgiveness and eternal life. It's God's amazing offer, the best gift that's ever been given. Keep the main thing, the main thing. It goes on here in Colossians chapter four. Look with me again, if you will, but this time in verse five, it says, be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I love how comprehensive this passage is, right? It's, it's, it's telling us the importance of always being aware of who's around us. And at, for everyone at all times, being wise in how we act towards people who are outside the church. Sharing God's love with them. Right? And, and so when it comes to sharing our faith, we want to be strategic and intentional and take advantage of opportunities the people we go to school with and live by and the people in our families, being wise and strategic with every opportunity, making the most of it. Sometimes it means asking a spiritual question. You know, it, it can be a creative solution. It's like some of you are really into social media. It's reclaiming your social media to point at Jesus instead of pointing at yourself. Instead of telling the world how great you are and all the things that you have going on, yeah, post those great pictures, but point to God and, and thank God for who he is. Not in a cringy kind of way, but, but get, get the word out there. Let people know what's, what's going on. And he says, let your conversation be always filled with grace, seasoned with salt. What's he saying? Let your conversation always be filled with grace, seasoned with salt. He's saying that there's a wrong way to share the right answer. So the right answer is Jesus, right? We're, today's message is how to talk about Jesus. Well, there's a wrong way to talk about Jesus. You push it down someone's throat who's not ready for it. You pray for them, bring it up the conversation. But if, if they're cold to it, they don't want to talk about it, move on. Come back to it, revisit. Pray that God softens their heart. Always full of grace, that means we're not condemning in our conversations. We're not telling them how horrible they are and how much they messed up and been judgmental, but we're loving, we're filled with grace. We're pointing to to the truth. We're not brushing aside truth, but we're doing it in a a grace-filled way. And we want to speak carefully and respectfully to others about Jesus. He says that, you know, we need to know how to answer everyone. Now, look, we don't always have the specific answers for the specific questions that were asked, but don't let that keep you from having the conversation. Just start the conversation, and if they ask you a question about the Bible or about faith, and they bring up some topic that's hard for you, you don't have an answer, this is all you have to say. 
Hey, that's a really good question. I would love to take some time to look further into that and get back to you so I can give you a really good answer. And then bring the conversation back to the main thing, which is Jesus. Right? Talk, about, talk about what he's done for you. Look, if you don't know what to say to your friends who are far from Jesus, here's one thing you can always retreat to in the conversation. Here's one thing that you could always come back to, and that's your personal experience. Nobody can argue with your personal experience. They may deny that they think it was a thing or that it mattered for them, but, but it always matters to you. It's always relevant, your story. And so, so here's the final lesson. I can always share how Jesus changed my life. So if all else fails, then you don't feel like you can clearly communicate that simple message of the gospel. You can at least share your story. Here's what God has done in my life. Here's the amazing things that have happened to me. Before we wrap up today's message, I, I want to give you the opportunity just to hear um, a story about how God has changed the life of someone who's a part of our church. So just take a quick moment and, and listen to this story. It's a beautiful, powerful story about what God has done in someone's life here in our church family. Check it out. Growing up, I grew up in a, uh, a broken family. My father and my mother, they were both using drugs heavy and very much alcoholics. And that kind of put me in a hard situation because it felt growing up like I had myself and myself only. There's been a number of situations where I needed God to get me through something, and he did. I lived with my dad for like eight years from 12 to 18. That was also my dad's dream was for me to be a famous musician. So that was the most important thing to him. So it kind of carried on to me. Yeah, I just, I grew up like that. Like music was everything, nothing else mattered. There was a lot of like emotional things that went on. And I believe that's what sprung my anxiety, depression. And I felt alone all through those years. I never knew what comfort was until I found God. When I was when I was real young, I was, I think I was two. Like I said, my parents were, were bad on drugs and we had a problem with defects. So I, I, I got taken away to a group home for a while. While that was going on, my grandparents actually came and picked me up. They showed me the way of God. I didn't really understand what was going on back then, but now I see what they were trying to do. I really appreciate that because I don't know if I've ever known God if I didn't, if they didn't show me. Back then I was, God was definitely pursuing me, but I was, I was ignoring it. And I wanted to live my dream at the time, which was to be a famous musician. And just, it seemed like no matter how hard I tried that God always just found a way to move in there and change the situation for me. Before I actually gave my life to God, it was, I was playing shows all the time in a band. We were touring all up and down the East Coast and I was just, I was living my dream that I thought was my dream. I just remember as time went on, the same thing over and over and over. All the party and all the shows, all the people, being around all those people, you can just tell that none of them actually knew God. And it was actually dragging me down. And finally I was just going down this spiral. I just felt this sense of 
guilt and shame every time I would, at the end of the night, finally, God had his way with me. He definitely stepped in and made things happen. He made the band just disband and made all those people disappear from my life. And I had nowhere else to go. I was pretty much, pretty much homeless. Uh, I moved to Florida uh, from Georgia. Something just called me to look for churches around here and I just typed in on Google Maps. And there it was, church experience. And I came one week and I auditioned the same week and the rest is history. Just really loved the atmosphere and the way people are around here. And then sitting in to the messages, Pastor Brandon just does a really good job of of um, connecting with you and having personal one-on-one -on -one time with you. So, And everyone around here is just like that. Life with Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I remember back then I had anxiety. I was having to take medication for it. Now I don't. I don't ever get anxious. And when I do, I pray about it and it goes away. I, I don't. With a lot of depression. I don't have depression anymore. I'm always cheerful and I always look at the bright side of things now. And I always think in every situation, am I doing it the way Jesus would do it? And that's made me so comfortable in this new life. No matter how hard you try to do it your way, it's not going to happen. He's going to pursue you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You got to start living for Him. That's what it's all about. What an amazing story. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's praise God for a changed life. Every life matters to God, and they matter to us. I love hearing stories. Never gets old to hear the story about people giving their life to Jesus and to hear what he's done. You know, why are we talking about expansion here in Dunedin at our central campus? This, this last week, you know, you heard that you know, we're beginning a, a long journey of expanding our central campus, our buildings. We're adding space for, for kids and students and adults, and we're adding parking spaces. It's, it's not just that our, our rooms are filling to capacity and our parking lots at capacity. It's, it's not just the practical need. It's because of those stories, the stories like the one that you just heard, the stories of life transformation. Right? That, that's what we're hungry for. We, we're hungry for more life change. We want to see people come to Jesus and discover the good news and see how much it radically transforms their family and their children and their grandchildren. It's a generational impact. And there's thousands of people all around us that need to hear the message of Jesus. So that's why we're, we're taking this step. And on June 11, as I shared last week, I hope you will join us because we're going to take a Kingdom Builders offering. And the majority of this specific offering, it's going to all go through the next fund, 100% of it. And you know that that fund has a specific purpose. As many of you know, it, it goes towards compassion needs, helping people that are in crisis and financially and Christian counseling scholarships. It, it goes to the next generation, investing in our, our kids and our students. And it goes towards church planting. Many of you know that we have multiple church planting opportunities through church experience, campuses that we are investing in and trying to get off the ground in these new cities. But then also... It goes into momentum building projects, opportunities for us to make a bigger kingdom impact. And we're going to put the majority of this, this kingdom builder's offering here in 
on June 11th. It's going to go towards this specific project, expanding our parking, expanding our facilities here in Dunedin. We're trying to get to that first mile marker, $100,000, $150,000 to put the architectural plans together and the building plans together. So we're praying for a miracle. We're praying that God moves this mountain this year. We can raise those dollars of what ultimately we believe is going to be somewhere around a $2 million project. And so pray for us as a church family and pray about giving. And I'm just going to ask you, would your family consider sacrificially giving above and beyond your regular giving here on Sunday, June 11th, so that we can take the first big step towards what we believe is going to be a big expansion or a big impact and a big amount of life change stories that God's going to bring in these years and God willing these decades ahead into the future. So let's be praying together, church. Let's get ready for what God's going to do. Hey, I want to wrap up this message with reading to you one final verse from Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. God's word says, but, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. My hope and my prayer for you is that God's word will be so much inside of you like a burning fire that you can't help but share it. That you'll be so excited about it. That, you know, I'm happy that there's, there's excitement in our lives over things like theme parks and favorite foods and hobbies and sports. I mean, all these things are wonderful in their own place. But my prayer for you, church, is that, that the fire of Jesus will be so strong in your heart, you can't help but share it. That, that the passion for the mission and the need that's all around us will be so hot in your heart, you can't help but share the good news. Everywhere you go, talk about it. Be excited about it. Why? Because it matters. Because Jesus matters. Because the mission matters. Because heaven is real and hell is hot and because our king is coming back soon. I hope that you, church, will, will get with me on this mission and let's get out into our community. Let's share the good news and let's see what the Lord will do. Who are you praying for? Who are you going to be investing in and who are you going to invite into this great kingdom adventure of following Jesus? My prayer is that God will use you to see lives transformed and changed and more people to experience that full life in Jesus Christ. Right on? Right on. Come on, let's pray together, church. God, we thank you today. We praise you for this great gospel message that, that while we were lost in our sin, Jesus, you came and you reached out to us, this, this hand from heaven. Through your grace, through Jesus' arms stretched out on that cross, you offered forgiveness, Jesus. You offered eternal life. You offered hope when we had no hope. So, God, we thank you so much for the amazing message of grace. God, we thank you for your forgiveness that you've extended to us. We're so, so grateful today. And, God, we pray for those all around us in every direction. There's so many that don't yet know you. Some of us have people in our own households. We have people in our extended families, in our neighborhoods, people that we live by and work around, people that we care about deeply, but people that don't care about you, God. The most important person in their life, their creator. They, they, they don't follow you, God. They don't believe in you. And so, God, we're asking that you would use us, broken, flawed people who have our own stories, our own past, but people that now have a future because we believe in you, Jesus. I pray that you would use us to share what we are most excited about, what's first in our life. Jesus, you, to share what the Lord has done to these other people in our lives. And, and God, I pray that you would put it so much on our heart that we care about it enough to pray about it. And, and, and while we're praying right now, I just want to give you an opportunity to think about some, some faces in your life that might be coming to your mind right now. People that you know that don't know Jesus. Maybe you want to pray for them right now in this moment. Holy Spirit's so kind to bring up these names into our, our minds. And, and maybe there's someone he's putting on your mind for a reason because they're ready. They're ready to have that conversation. Pray that God will give you courage to have the conversation, to initiate it. Start praying for them. 
Tap their name into your phone as a reminder. But let's be diligent to pray, church, because this matters so much. And God, we just, we pray you give us that boldness to proclaim the gospel message clearly, to share with others this amazing news, the most important news that's ever hit this planet Earth. And God, I pray that as we share, that we would see kingdom fruit, that we'd see a harvest of lives transformed and changed, and all for your glory. In Jesus' powerful name we pray, amen.